0: Sun Valley Church, welcome to The Voice of the Valley. It's uh, it's good to be back on the podcast today. Again, I have Pastor Rick with me as we are uh, entering into another question that was sent uh, a couple weeks ago. We're going right into it. Well, I I see that you have your Jordan
1: Peterson Beyond Order Ooh. 12 More have you read that? Rules, 12 for, more rules life. for Life book According in front of to the you. New York Times, he's the most influential public intellectual in the Western world right now. That is, that is a standard.
0: Mm. That is the standard. Um, I was recently just, just talking to somebody about Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And he was like asking me, have, have you heard of this guy, Jordan Peterson? And this was like a few weeks ago.
1: A few weeks ago. And I was like, and you're like, no, no I've never. <laughs> don't know who the guy is.
0: <laughs> never seen any of his YouTube videos or is dismantling of people on the web. <laughs> he Never does seen, do that, doesn't yeah. he? Never uh-huh. seen any of those videos, no.
1: Yeah, no. Boy, people must be really curious about what this question is. Now, that you well, brought
0: well, I, Jordan Peterson
1: into it. Yeah, well,
0: you brought the book. So. Yeah, but I didn't,
1: like, say anything about it. I know. How do you know I wasn't just going to get some light reading in afterwards in the sanctuary? You don't know that. I don't know that. And now people know that I've got that, unless we... Undo this recording. Oh, we're. Which we're, we almost never do. We're, that's only happened twice. Twice. <laughs> Both times well warranted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have a, a um, higher listenership this week because you made a deal about this podcast in the annual meeting. I did. And now everybody's curious. Everybody is. It's on the socials. Curious. It's trending on Twitter. It is trending on. Elon Musk listens. Is going to listen. What's our qu- What's yeah. our question? I don't, that's all I've got. I have nothing else beyond that.
0: Yes, we have another question, and this came off the heels actually of um, the the podcast we did on on worship uh, not too long ago. Um,
1: um, oh, the Bethel and the, yeah. the Hillsong stuff. Yeah. Okay.
0: So. Was it inspired by that? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure if it was or not, but uh, this person is asking, what role, if any, do secular slash self-help books play in the life of a believer? I tend to read a lot of economic, social study, and self-help books to help with my job in sales. I balance them against the scales of scripture and the life of Christ, but I can't help but feel wrong. Uh, to use self-help books for personal slash professional development Hmm. okay so what role do secular slash self-help books play in the life of a believer rick take it away
1: no (laughs) this is a conversation (laughs) and if that's the only question you're asking and then you don't say anything else i'm gonna stop showing up for this thing yeah, no, that's all. That's
0: all you be pastoral. I am. I am by letting you answer this question. Delegation. What are your thoughts? Well, I see your Jordan Peterson book there, so
1: I'm Thanks sure. Thanks for have, mentioning that like three thought. times. So, <laughs> I had missed the secular book. So, secular slash self help is actually two different categories. Yeah. Obviously, there's you now by secular, the the way that we're using that. I'm sure the way that that term is being used is simply not Christian. Sure. There are not there are Christian quote unquote self-help books that are more secular than Christian, sure. Out there. Sure. In fact, they're wildly successful. <laughs> it's yeah. not that hard to get to get that to the top of the bestseller list. Yeah. So, um but let's just ask the secular one cuz that's just a general category question. Are secular books wrong for the believer? What do you think, man? What's uh, your
0: No. Okay. No, I
1: read quite a bit of secular books. Regularly. And you listen to quite a lot of secular music. I do, <laughs> it's so much. Pretty secular, so yes, yeah. pretty secular. <laughs> you want to qualify that for the listener who's going to get bent out of shape because they're like, "Oh, pagan pastor." Yeah, oh, that explains a lot. No, yeah, yeah. I agree with you, man.
0: Yeah, I think you both. You and I read secular books. I mean, obvious.
1: It almost goes without saying, but you can't not say it that there's 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 a ton out there that Christians should not be reading. Right, just like. Are secular movies wrong? No, those are usually the best ones. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right? But there are definitely ones that Christians have no business with. Fifty Shades of Grey comes right. to mind um, as an example, That both a book and a film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's just a waste of time, and it's not necessarily wrong, but you ask the question, well, like, is it is it really the best use of my time in light of the other things I've got going on? And sometimes the answer is, yes. Yeah, to unwind. Yeah, it's a mindless thing to do for a couple hours and it's in the context of a life that's being really well stewarded mm-hmm. not a problem so I, I don't think it's yeah i know for a fact it's not wrong to read secular books look at paul you know in in uh, on mars hill he he's he knows the secular poets mm-hmm. um right we're well enough to be able to quote them by heart right so in fact i'd argue that if we're not um if we're not aware of anything secular um then we're probably not stewarding this world in the way that that we are called to in the dominion mandate sure so how are you supposed to go subdue and take dominion engage and bring into subjection to Christ um things that are you know that need to be brought into subjection to Christ if you have no clue what those things are to begin with sure you can't do apologetics without without reading secular stuff. You shouldn't. <laughs> like, right, right. Because then you're going to get creamed, and people will rightly ask the question, well, have you read so-and-so that you're sitting here throwing under the bus? Well, uh, no. Okay, well, let me know when you have something to contribute to this discussion. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would argue we, we probably should be um, reading secular. But plus, I mean, how many things, if we only stick to what is scriptural, and, and by that I do not mean we need to go beyond scripture in the Christian life. Scripture is sufficient. Sure. Right. We firmly believe that. Sure. But, you know, for anybody whose job is not being a pastor, you're probably got to read some non-Christian stuff in order to do your job. Right. I really hope, um, all the doctors in our church have read a gratuitous amount of non-Christian medical textbooks. Right. And journal articles. Right. And whatnot. Yeah. Um, paul you know and he says in second corinthians and i alluded to this passage earlier he says we take every thought captive to obey christ that that i mean we we need to know what it is that needs to be taken captive and so i'm glad that this person is evaluating things through the lens of scripture mm-hmm. um and i don't know you know about this person but i think sometimes um like there are a lot of christians who will say well i think about it biblically you know i i run it through the lens of scripture mm-hmm. and then you you press down into their life and the, yeah, they've never even read scripture from cover to cover mm-hmm. and if that if they haven't read scripture from cover to cover multiple times if they haven't been doing the hard work of understanding a biblical worldview sure um then i i would probably challenge the validity of that claim sure really are are you taking every, you know, are you taking things and evaluating them through a, the lens of a biblical worldview? Because my experience is that the vast majority of Christians claim to have a biblical worldview because they believe the gospel. That is not the same thing. Right. The gospel is the gospel. It's the foundation for everything. Right. A biblical worldview is how does the Bible speak into every area of life? How does it tell us about what is real and what is not? That's where a, a, a tremendous amount of confusion comes in and most christians just haven't done the hard work Mm. of knowing that i mean i'm this is a this is something i've been doing for years and i i've got so far to go and i'll routinely realize oh i've got ideas that just aren't biblical right um like there was gary north um is a guy i just heard a few weeks ago that he wrote 35 volumes of what does the bible teach about economics Wow. I didn't know that you could—I could, didn't know you could do that. And I haven't read his stuff, so maybe it's not all as biblical as he's saying, but, you know, he's he's pretty well-respected.
0: Um, Are these, like, 10-page uh, booklets? Yeah. yeah, 35 pamphlets on what the Bible says about economics.
1: <laughs> no. So, there. we'll just—that's all I'm going to say about the secular. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add or thoughts to no, that I, I,
0: As I was kind of thinking about this question, I— you know, you, you brought the the doctors into play, and um, unfortunately, in the world that we live in, um, the majority of people who are at the prime of their field, like the best, of, the best of the best, are going to be secular. Like they're they're unchristianed. Um, People that doesn't mean to say that that there aren't Christians who well, are at sure. the top of the yeah. game, right? Um, but right. most people who are probably at the top of their field, whatever their field may be, are yeah. going to be. That's a good point. Non Christians, mm-hmm. and so I'm just thinking about it from you know, let's say like I play professional football. Okay, mm-hmm. this is yeah. just a this is a hypothetical. I play professional football. I can, it, a, I can see it though. I could see it too. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you know, I'm I want to be the best professional quarterback to ever play the game. You know, the person I'm probably going to go to is Tom Brady. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get his information. I'm gonna you know show me everything that you've done to be the best in the game. Right. Um, and thinking through it from the lens of scripture, as this question is saying, from the Christian worldview, I can take the good. And then I can filter the bad right like the things that are going to um that are are distinctly unbiblical I can filter those things out and say okay that's that's good, but I'm gonna throw those out because that's that doesn't line up with scripture or my biblical worldview but um and so so i'm I'm gonna go to the Tom Bradys, yeah um instead of the third string quarterback for. The Washington Redskins, or something like that, because just, he's a Christian. Just because he's a Christian, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so, uh, thinking in that regard, more often than not, that the people who are the best at what they do are probably going to be secular. Um, These days, that's true. Yeah.
1: There, there was a time um, when, like, for example, you know, the 17th century, uh, 18th century. Right. There, there, you get you get into some of the most famous scientists like Isaac Newton. Um and you look at well, what motivated him well, it was his faith, yeah, yeah, if I understand Isaac Newton, and I don't right. claim to understand much about Isaac Newton, but I think that's a truth that's a fact um uh granville sharp, um, a friend of william Wilberforce's mm-hmm. um you look at well Wilberforce, right right in his in his political um his political engagement, he was one of the best. Yeah, you know, maybe his contemporaries didn't think so, but we look back on him for a reason, and it was because of Christ. The guy who invented the MRI machine, six-day creationist, recent young Earth creationist, biblical creationist is what yeah. I'll say, because um, there's no one here to disagree with me. Um, <laughs> and he, he inv- and he did that because he he was Christ is is his Lord. He had the motivation to be the best, mm-hmm. and it's not because we want to be exalted, but Christ is worthy of the best. Right, he really is. Proverbs, I think it's sixteen. Uh, Proverbs somewhere yep. before chapter 30, 32. <laughs> Proverbs, which is a good sense. chapter. Yeah, it's really good. It says that he, you know, an, a man who is skilled in his work will stand before kings. Mm-hmm. He will not stand before obscure men. Excellence is our birthright. Yeah, because Christ is worthy of it, yeah. and that's not just. And of course, all of that inter- intersects with the providence of God. We can't exercise excellence in gifts that we don't have. Yeah. God makes a man what he is. Paul asks, what have you been given? That you, what do you have that you've not been given? Yeah. And, the, and the reality is everything we have is from God, the Father of lights, who gives generously to his children. And the world needs more top-of-their-field believers, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like evangelicalism over the past 80, 100 years has really settled for a very truncated view of the Christian life. One that goes, hey, yeah, we got our inerrant Bible, we preach the gospel every week, we go to church, and um, there's, there's really been an anti-intellectual wave to Christianity in America mm-hmm. over the especially the past 50 years. And that has really rippled out into mm-hmm. the margins of the church. We need excellence, mm-hmm. and we and that comes as we reclaim a Christian worldview of life, which is that every single one of the trades, every single legitimate field, and so I'm, I mean legitimate, so I'm not talking about like prostitution, right? You know, right. Oh, I don't want some Christian right. co- professing Christian prostitute to go, I just need to be the best prostitute yeah. out there, because <laughs> you're just like, no, you need to repent and get out of that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so every legitimate thing that God gives sure. us to do, do it with all your heart, because that is as important and as valid and as God-glorifying as being a pastor or a missionary. Mm-hmm. And it's through those things that that we have opportunity to spread the fame of Jesus and to share the gospel. I mean, look at uh, the coach of the Celtics. Um, with, <laughs> this is hysterical. Did you see this the other day, the interview mm-hmm. of the coach of the Celtics, mm-hmm. when um, Prince William and, um, and the Duchess— came to a celtics game mm-hmm. yeah this reporter afterward said it to the celtics coach hey, did you get a chance to talk to the royal family afterwards he's like jesus mary and joseph <laughs> and they're just like, she was laughing And she's like no prince you know prince william and duchess kate yeah. or kate middleton he's like oh i don't know about i don't know much about them there's only one royal family i'm aware of mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's funny and it was like well what an opportunity you know through excellence yeah um to have a platform to exalt Christ yeah. and take the royal family down a notch. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's love funny. it. That's funny. So let's get into the self-help part of it. Yeah. Um self-help is a pretty sticky wicket, yeah, because it's not you know, one of these things is not like the others. Reading a reading a medical textbook or reading an economics book. I love it. I love economics. I probably love the idea of economics more than I actually enjoy economics. <laughs> but I mean, I've read some economics books, and I just... I, it's such an important subject, especially mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Is like, eat it up. I mean, this... Because those things... <clears throat> we need to remember the doctrine of common grace. It, God has given truth in his world. Mm-hmm. All of it rightly points to him. Unbelievers and that which includes all of us before the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, um, suppress the truth and unrighteousness. We, we do not trace the threads of those gifts upward to their source. But that doesn't mean we can't know true things. Mm-hmm. And so there's a generous amount of common grace in the world, and we find a whole, whole lot of it in books. Yeah. Like, if you're in business, go be the best economist you can be. You know, go learn economics. I would turn you on to the work of David Bonson. Mm-hmm. To, to whoever's interested in economics and who is in business, go get on David Monson's blog. He runs a a, a just a massive investment group, and he, he the whole explicit foundation for that investment group is uh, the Lordship of Jesus. And he's he's on the world and everything in it. Um, every Monday he does a radio spot on that Christian news program. You know, so like go do those things and then engage with the best theories out there, right. and then take them further. When it comes to self help though, what's the first word before the hyphen? Self. Okay. So that that shows you right there what the orientation is. And and just to put all my cards on the table, and I want you to disagree with me if you don't agree with what I'm about to say. Okay. And yes. do it on here and let's just yes. make it super awkward. Yes. There's nothing inherently wrong with reading self help books. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with reading. Self-help books. Okay. Do you disagree with me? I don't think so. Okay. But you had to think about it. I don't think so. But I think there is a lot inherently to be cautious about. Right. You're right. I do have a a copy of Jordan Peterson's most recent um, self-help book, Beyond Order, 12 More Rules for Life. Um, I have this one because I only own two self-help books to my knowledge. And it, it's his first one in this one. <laughs> I, think, I think that's it. I yeah, got some no. books on leadership that are written by non-believers. Mm-hmm. And um, what I've noticed is that there's a generous amount of common grace in Jordan Peterson's work. Mm-hmm. That a lot of people, and we've, I think we've talked about this before. Um, maybe earlier in the year. I don't, I don't remember exactly when. But a lot of people have been bettered in their lives by it. Young men, a lot of young men without any aim in life got a life purpose. Mm -hmm. They got their act together. They're being productive members of society. Why? Because a guy named Jordan Peterson, who eight years ago was pretty obscure, um, some professor in Toronto, he got up on a stage after he wrote a book, which started um, as a a post on Quora that gained some traction, Mm -hmm. you know. And he looked at the, especially these young men and he said, do you want to go change the world? Make your bed. Mm-hmm. Clean your room and get your house in order before you go tell other people how to put theirs in order. And that's something that a, a generation of post of, um, postmodernists and millennials really needed to hear. Yeah. And, I, and I don't know any Christian who wouldn't agree with that on the face of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make your bed. Now, Jordan, why? Why do you say make your bed? Nah, now we get into the difference. Mm-hmm. Because for, for you and me, I think it's because back in Genesis, God took, uh, um, he took uh, a good, you know, a, a world that he had created that was in some amount of disarray. And he brought order out of that chaos for six glorious days. And then he charged man with doing two things, Genesis 2.15, work it and keep it. And by doing that, by bringing order out of what was unruly and filling that world, you are extending the temple, the garden temple, where God's glory was immediately manifest mm-hmm. and, and spreading that to the ends of the earth mm-hmm. so that the world would be filled with God's glory and be filled with worshipers. Yeah. Now, it's awfully hard to go and work and keep a world in which you haven't even made your bed, right? So Jordan's on to something, right? But he's not there as a believer. Right. Common grace. Right. 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 And just, so something I'll, I'll do, and I just, this was a spur of the moment, just, I want to uh, take five minutes and see. I'm just going to look at the table of contents of this book, which is why I brought it. And as the uh, title says, it's 12 more rules for life. So he's, you can imagine his chapters are rules. The title of the chapters are rules. So I'm going to read you some of the chapter titles. And then I was just, I paired them with scripture that immediately came to mind. Right. Okay. So let's start with rule one. Do not carelessly denigrate social institutions or creative achievement. Hmm. You know, that's pretty good. I read somewhere, um, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need. If you're carelessly denigrating anything, then you're not building up. And you're probably speaking unwise words, which Proverbs says. is a hallmark of a fool. Yeah. Right? Okay, so rule one. We can root that in Scripture. He doesn't. Sure, but that doesn't make what he's saying ultimately untrue. Sure, it just means he's he's got um, a good house built on sand, right? Right, and then there's along the way quite a bit of psychobabble because I mean he is a clinical psychologist, and I I kind of came out of that world, and I know there is a gratuitous amount of babble in there that gets past his wisdom, but that's a different story. Rule two: Imagine who you could be. And then aim single-mindedly at that. Now, what can we? Where can we root that idea in Scripture of angle, a- aiming single-mindedly at what could be? Let's look at Christlikeness. Mm-hmm. Hebrews twelve tells us to pursue. You know, it's a vigorous word. Um, the holiness without which no one will see the Lord, and we know that in Christ, um, that's possible. Before, without Christ, it's impossible. So if you, like, let's just Christianize that, right? Like if you imagine who you could be, which is more like Christ, and aim single-mindedly at that, that sounds an awful lot like seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, yeah. and all these things will be added to you. Pretty good house. Yeah. No foundation for Jordan. Right. However, you know, when you get into to that, you're like, well, that's, that's not all bad. Don't throw that out just because it's a secular self-help thing. Rule three, um, do not hide unwanted things in the fog. You know, I meet with a lot of couples who are hiding a lot of unwanted things in the fog. Mm-hmm. They're 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 sweeping problems under the rug and not talking about them. And the rug is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And one of these days, one of them is going to trip over it, break their neck, and their marriage is going to be done. Mm-hmm. Ephesians tells us to walk in the light, to speak the truth in love. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't hide unwanted things mm-hmm. in the fog. Um, Leviticus 19 says... Reason with your neighbor, frankly, so you don't become bitter. It's like, okay. I mean, I could go on. I've got like three more, um, but yeah. I'm not going to because we got to go somewhere with this. Yeah. So, my point is simply self help books are popular for a reason because sure. we're a world that is created by the wisdom of God and ordered by the wisdom of God. Things go well generally when people walk in wisdom. Yeah. The problem with self help books as a source of wisdom for us is that anything true in them is already in scripture, is already there for us. A lot that's not true can muddy the waters. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, what is the value and why are you reading it? Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about the, the guy who has to read it because the company CEO said, hey, we're all gonna read this book together. And it's just required for his yeah. job. It's like, okay, I'll, that's fine, whatever. Um, because he's going into it with his eyes open. And it sounds like this person's got their eyes open, um, at least to the potential But I would say if the ultimate aim of a self... I mean, what would you say the ultimate aim of self-help books are? Uh, From like a... a, Yeah, like why do people write them? What do they want besides the money that's going to come from them? Like what is the purported aim of a self-help book?
0: To make that person better.
1: Yeah. To help the self. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they're aiming at folly or what they would call wisdom?
0: What they would call wisdom... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: So now now we're thinking in biblical categories, aren't we? Because we understand what the beginning of wisdom is. Yeah. Proverbs 9:10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is is insight.
0: So so Rick, what would you do with um let's say let's say I'm struggling with gambling? I'm struggling with gambling, mm-hmm. um, and I want to stop gambling. And I go to the help, self-help section of the bookstore and get a book on how to quit gambling. What? What? I mean, what would be your response to something like that?
1: Um, I know it's a kind of a different, as a belie- as a believer. Yeah, I uh, would say like let's say I'm guessing you'd be buying that book because you think it will actually help you, right? So let's say you do the things in the book, and you do, you stop gambling. We would both of us say, hey, that's good, right? It's better not to gamble than it is to gamble. And you got there without Christ, mm-hmm. okay? You got there without Christ. And so what you've done is you've done the right thing idolatrously Okay. to the detriment of your soul. Okay. The reason we don't go around like the Hillsborough Baptist Church folks, you know, picketing funerals of military members who are gay or whatever— um, is because uh, gayness is not the ultimate problem, mm-hmm. right? Um, a heart that rebels against the one true and living God and sets up idols is the problem. Like our spiritual de- deadness is the problem from which homosexuality, adultery, theft, lying, the, the the little things that we don't even register but that are sinful in our lives, that's from the heart, the, the dead heart in us is... Um, is from where those things come, including the gambling. And so we want to get to God's goal, God's way. That's ultimately what this is about. We want to get to God's goal, God's way. Self-help books, on the whole, set up a competing competing vision of how to go to those places. And a lot of them don't even have the right places in mind. Sure. Right? So I'd say, is it wrong? I mean, yeah, maybe you gather some tips along the way. But I wouldn't make that the substance of how you go about the problem. Sure. You know, we, we, we we're we told in 2 Timothy 3 16 and 17 that the word of, uh, of, you know, all scriptures breathed out by God is useful for correcting, rebuking, training in righteousness, and there's something else in there, and teaching. Uh, teaching. But what's the point? So that the man yeah, of God can be complete. Now, what is lacking in a complete man? What's lacking from the complete? Yeah. Man. What's incomplete about the complete man? I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know either. It's it's pretty all inclusive, isn't it? It's complete. It's whole. It's everything the self help books purport to be able sure. to to do in your life. Sure. So why? So the I mean, if you enjoy it, like I enjoy Jordan Peterson, yeah. I mean, sure, enjoy it, but do it for what it is. Yeah. Not as a primary means of personal development, but the way you would read a novel sure right you get some tidbits along the way sure i mean common grace is common grace for a reason mm-hmm. anything that's true is god's but let's not dwell there yeah so it's not as easy as a right or wrong but it's about evaluating the trade-offs yeah
0: yeah i, I think about it i just i just read a a, a dietitian book uh recently and the guy's not a christian yeah. at least i I don't think he is based off some of the, some, some of the things that he was writing about. Um, but I read that book because in first Corinthians, Paul says to, to honor Christ with your body, you know, given the yeah. context, I mean, it's, it's a different thing that Paul's talking about in that specific context, but as a whole, I do want to honor Christ with my body. And that, that means with the things that I put into it, right? Yeah. Uh, so I want to. Eat healthier so that I can glorify Christ. Now, this guy has been a, a tenor dietitian, nutritionist for thirty-something years.
1: He knows a thing or two. So he
0: knows his stuff. <laughs> so I could I could read that book and and take things away from that book that would be beneficial for me as I pursue glorifying Christ with my body. Yep. Whereas his whole goal is so that you would eat, live a longer life and have more of a full life which i don't think actually are bad things nope, those are good <laughs> those things are right actually i think those are things that that god wants for his people um so but his his worldview is different the reason for that is is very um it's more of a a, a self-centered approach although it it has biblical roots to it just like you know Peterson writes writes in his books. I think I think there's biblical roots in those things that you were just talking about. Yeah. Um, but but the thought process is different. Whereas, I'm, you know, I want to pursue these things to bring glory to God, but also right. be on the receiving end of yeah. of the blessing of that. You know. So
1: I get a daily email um, from uh, from an online men's magazine and I don't read a lot of what comes in just because I don't have time, but I was uh, was at the gym on Sunday afternoon, and between my reps, I was reading an article on deadlifting and went and did some deadlifting, and I mean, I probably don't need to tell you that. It's probably pretty obvious today. It Um, is. uh, but But that wasn't a Christian article. Right. But it was a good one, and it taught me what I needed to know about deadlifting, and, you know, I could go on about that. I won't do that, but I was, you know... Yesterday I was doing science with my kids, um, because I that's a subject in school that I teach them, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll tell you that most of the science books that I'm reading to my kids, as we're this year we're doing chemistry, um, are non-Christian books. They're secular books, Mm -hmm. and there's a there's a a lot more truth in them than there isn't hmm. but then you run into these things like yesterday there was a nice page with global warming propaganda and i got to have a, a discussion about noah's flood got to have a discussion about uh, what effect that flood had on climate even down to the present time um, what the world view is behind people who are saying the world's going to end because of what we've done how much carbon's actually in the atmosphere because of how we're Working in this planet, and then also talk to them about good stewardship. Great discussion came because we're studying out of a non-Christian book, mm-hmm. but we have to have one the purpose in mind, which is going to be the glory of God. Two, um, the base worldview to be able to have those discussions, which is where which is where a lot of us need to shore up. And then three, realize this is our Father's world. Mm-hmm. Let us never forget. Mm-hmm. Though off the wrong seems oh so strong, he is the ruler yet. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we, we can go and into the fray and not be afraid that we're somehow um, being unfaithful to God because, uh-oh, you know, this isn't written by someone who has faith in him. Right. And then let's go do it better. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? right? For his glory. So, anyways, those right. are that's what I got. And I think your example is really great of what, you know, you were reading about the dietician. Yeah. It's just...
0: No, this is good stuff, because I, I think uh, uh, this is something that I think a lot of Christians actually do struggle with, is like,
1: if it's not Christian, then it's not holy. Like, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? And, like, that's, and that's really the one of the sad fruits of the fundamentalist movement. Yeah. There's a lot of good that came out of the fundamentalist movement. God used it tremendously. Then so, there's some pretty... Yeah. There's some fruits we wish fell off the tree earlier. Yeah. This is one of them.
0: Yeah. It's like it's like the beauty of art. If Like, if a Christian didn't paint this or create this or something <laughs> like this like it, yeah. it diminishes the beauty of it and it's like yeah. no this is actually beautiful even though a christian didn't make this like, right. we should we should enjoy this just as much as if it was a christian <laughs>
1: like yeah so and a lot of christians at this time of the year pull out those kind of arguments regarding christmas right santa and they and one they're doing it from a place of not even knowing the rich christian symbolism that's in a lot of what we do at christmas that's right. been popularized and charles dickens and made into this secular thing we that we know we that we know so little about our birthright yeah. and our history yeah that we that's a different podcast <laughs> this is our father's world go enjoy it and if you if you spend a couple hours mindlessly watching a movie that has no seeming value you know be a, you know, be more robust for the rest that you got. Thank God for even that. Guard mm-hmm. against sin. Don't watch smut. And go enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, life for the glory of God.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Well, Rick. And go make your bed. Go make your bed. <laughs> make your bed. Jordan Peterson. Never heard of the guy. Um. Church, we love you. This is true. We do. And we uh, we hope these podcasts have been encouraging to you. And if if you have more questions that come to mind, don't hesitate to... Send them to Jeremy. Send them to me. To answer them. Yeah, not happening. Not happening.
1: One of these days I'm going on vacation. Nah.
0: We'll, uh, we'll send the podcast up with you. Church, <laughs> we love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day.